Oh, Daryl Spicer. Hey, Gary Rayburn. Man, are we having a good time on these radio programs. We're having such a good time. We need help. Yes, we do. We really need help. <laughs> hey, we're going to have Dennis McKay riding along with us from now on. He's agreed to join us on our radio program. And you know what's neat about that? What's that? We girl? can run three logbooks. There you go. <laughs> Ooh, did I say that out loud? You did. <laughs> you did. Well, we don't have to log our miles on these programs. That's good. Because these drivers won't let us drive. I know it. They're smart. <laughs> We're what you call virtual truck drivers. We're virtual truck drivers, yep. Yeah. We're the, the has-beens. Mm-hmm. You still have your CDL, Dennis? I do. I do, too. We're all CDL truck drivers. So, drivers... If you need a break, don't call us. Because <laughs> you will get broke. Yeah, you sure will. We can break you real quick. Yeah, but it's exciting to have Dennis McKay with us up in the cab of the truck. He brings a different perspective, uh, basically brings some common sense to the group. <laughs> we'll, uh, see, we'll see about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just honored to be a part of this, man. This is, this is a great way to share the love of Christ and get to talk about some good truck driving. Stories. That's it. It's the real people, the real deal. Yes, sir. So, folks, buckle up. Hold on. Put her in gear. Let's go. Here we go. Rock and roll, drive. I'm driving when the sun comes up. Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever till the day Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org, or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. Friends, the road is my life, and it's also Dennis McKay's life. You got that right. Yeah, and that's a song by Dennis and myself, and that's Dennis singing it for you. And we just love riding along with you in the cab. And also riding along with you in the cab is my partner, Daryl Spicer. Hey, Gary Raymond, Dennis McKay. Hey, Daryl Spicer. How's your mama now? She's fine, (laughs) fine. And let's crawl up in the cab of this truck. Have that driver put it in the big gear and let's go riding. I hear you. Yes, sir. We are going to uh, ride down the road with you for about an hour. 
and we've got Tony Mac McMullen, and he has a word for you today that you need to hear. Won't you pour you up a cup and just sit back and enjoy this word? Man, this driver's got a cappuccino machine back there. Oh, you wow. want some of that French cappuccino coffee? Is that that stuff that goes? <laughs> yeah, man. It's got. It makes that funny steaming noise. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drivers. Uh, you may have to uh, pull over and. Uh, let Daryl make this coffee for us, or yeah. he'll have it all over your bed. Yeah, yeah, I call that foo-foo coffee. <laughs> hey, it's girly man coffee. It's I bad. like mine straight and black. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I think we better have us a jar of you some before you guys get carried away. Hang on to your coffee. Don't spill. Here's Joe Arview. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that brought my liberty. I do not know just why. He came to love me so He looked beyond My fault and saw my need I shall forever lift my eyes to guy that plays guitar with our view on country yes he is he is uh 
a pretty fair guitar player for Southern Illinois. Ooh, I tell you, that dude is bad. <laughs> He's not that bad. He's bad. Bad means good. Oh, yeah, bad is good? Yeah, in, that, in that business, Gary. We're not into that business. <laughs> yeah, bad but, means you know, good. You'll find out when you hear Joe Arview today, he, he spoke and played at our, our last three-fold chord conference in June. Yes, that was our seventh year and our eighth three-fold chord conference will be coming up in 2020 the last weekend in june log on to our website lonesomeroad.org we'll have all the information about that coming up soon and we want to see you there you can meet people like joe arview uh, dennis mckay daryl spicer richard Koss. we got all kinds of great people that show up at our conference every year and people that you've heard on our radio program so come join us and but make sure you stay tuned today and uh listen to our good friend joe arview yeah here's another song by joe arview lord it's me again here to share this morning light Would you wash my sins today Let me walk in your delight All I have you've given me All I am I own, it's true Use me now, dear Lord I give myself all up to you It's all up to you For you I give my all It's all up to you If I stand or if I fall I come day to start my life anew take me as I am I give myself all up to you It's me again Here at your throne once more You love me more today Than you did the day before Though I fail and fall the way Your grace comes shining through Help me now, dear Lord I give myself all up to you It's all up to you For you I give my heart It's all up to you If I stand or if I fall I come to you each day to start my life anew. Take me as I am. I give myself all up to you. Lord, take me as I am. I give myself all up to you. fun today driver so hang on we're gonna put tony mack in the driver's seat right now well my name is tony mack and uh i want to just begin by by saying god is always listening he is always involved in our life and he's always trying to shape us and mold us into what he wants us to be 
But so many times we have an idea of what we want to be. Amen. And we want to tell the potter <laughs> what to form. Amen. And that's not how it is. That's not who are we to tell God what to do in our lives. And sometimes we are stretched. And God's teaching us and training us and refining us and, and wanting us to do things. Amen. That uh, sometimes isn't comfortable. Sometimes we don't like doing. And right now, my little old church, man, we're getting ready to start another church. One pastor going to have two churches. He's going to drive about 50 miles from one church. at eight. He'll have service there at 830. And he'll drive there from 8.30 and try to and do the service and everything over there. And then he'll be done. And he'll get over to our other church 50 miles away at 10.45. And he may have to bump that up to 11. I don't know. He thinks he can make it. And about the time we get praise and worship fired up and get going, he'll walk in, man, and take over that service. And then he's going to have church service at one of our places on Sunday night and then the other place on Wednesday night. And we'll, both places will have a service going Wednesday night or Sunday night. We're just going to have different people there. And so it's making our church step up and do a whole lot more than what we're already doing. And when Rob came and leveled us with this, we were all like, have you lost your mind? You've already got us working to death. And you're going to have us run two churches now? You're going to have us working at two churches? And my thoughts was, he's leaving us. <laughs> he's going to leave us. He got us all set up and going. And you know, that old devil will do that. He'll come in and try to put fear in you. Try to make you think of things that you're, you know, that you're losing. And the truth is, God is always wanting more out of us. You know why? Because we're always wanting to do less, usually. Sometimes, sometimes we do not uh, like growth. We don't like change. We are people that are comfortable right where we're at, and we don't want to go anywhere else. And when, when things start running smooth, and our church is really running smooth, I mean, without what, all the stuff that Rob creates for the church to do, I, and I believe the Lord creates it, but Rob is quick to jump in there and say, okay, well then here I come, and I have so much stuff with the prison ministry, and I'm putting on events all the time around the places, uh, boys' home, man, we finally got to go in to the boys' home. I've heard that you guys have heard me talk about this because it was on my heart. I wanted to go in with a whole truckload full of watermelons. Y'all remember that? I've talked to y'all about that. And I wanted to ice those watermelons down, but underneath them, I wanted these super soakers. And it's, it's hot. It's July. It's hot. And I wanted to go... Well, it was August, wasn't it? And, and I wanted to go in and I wanted to... Feed these kids watermelon until you could thump their belly and it'd sound like a little ripe watermelon, amen? Or, they, or they'd be just walking around sound like a little fat puppy dog, mm, 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 you know? And, I, and man, I mean just the joy of it because, see, there's a lot of kids there that you cannot. Now listen to me. When you say boys' home, people automatically think of a boys' home as someplace that kids have been in trouble. They've, they're little outlaws already. That's what we conjure up. But most of these kids at this boy's home are DHS kids. In other words, mom and daddy drug addicts and they've been taken away from them for whatever reason. And they've been passed around from foster home to foster home to foster home. And many of them have begun to think that nobody cares. Nobody loves them. Many of them, when we show up, you can ask Candy, they will run to us and dive. I got boys that'll just dive and hold me and say, I'm glad to see you. I mean, they're just so glad to see you when you get there because they, they know when you love them. They know when you care. But there's some kids that sit over there and you can't pull them out of that depression. Never smile. Don't want to talk. 
Oh, they'll tell you they're nine if you make them. You know, and I try to love on them. I'll pat them on the back, tell them, you don't go play a game of pool, you don't go play a game of foosball, you don't go fishing. And they're the ones that never want to get up, never want to go do anything. And many of them uh, are just hurting. They're just hurting. And so I've always wanted to go in with these watermelons and these super soakers and fill up a bunch of water balloons, just to have a day of fun where they could just be boys. And they said, and when I first brought it to them, they said, are you kidding us? You want to bring in uh, guns and teach them how to shoot guns? I said, they're water guns for crying out loud. It's, it's for fun. It's like going to the water park or something right there and Oh, absolutely not. We will not teach them how to fight. And have, and I mean, they, every time I brought it, and, and the last time they were so offended that they ran me off. So six years go by. And about seven years, maybe. And a new guy comes on the scene. And man, we had a group of guys that was wanting to go out there and minister, so I call over there, get a hold of Jeff Johnson. He's the new youth director out there. And I said, Jeff, I said, man, I want to bring a bunch of guys in, man, and, and we want to hang out. And we got to go do that and got to hang out over there. Well, then, after he learned us and he seen that we did really care for the kids and the kids enjoyed us being there, uh, I hit him with this watermelon deal, you know, and, and I prayed, God, don't let me get kicked out. Let me be, you know, because last time they just, you know, it kind of offended them. And Jeff said, man, that sounds like fun, Tony. I said, Yeah. I said, but if you go to the counselors and the psychiatric counselors and all that, they're going to shut us down. He said, well, let's don't tell them. <laughs> he said, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission sometime. I said, you're my kind of guy. Let's do it. Amen. <laughs> and so I go to my church. And I t like the church doesn't have enough to do. They just finished, I don't know how many rodeo roundups in the fair. And I mean, they've got so much other things going on. Both of my tents are going on all the time, all through summer. My big old tents are full almost all summer. And so I go to them and I said, man, look, I need y'all come help me. We're going to do a watermelon deal, man, and, and told them what I wanted to do. Well, they were so excited, man, and opening the morning that we were going to do it, me and a guy called Granville, both of us been in prison, we show up with shorts on and, and T-shirt, and I had a snorkel and a mask on with goggles, you know what I mean, and, and, and I had my super soaker, I had the water fins that I had to walk like that out in the church, boy, and I mean, they were flapping, and I had my super soaker, and I said, where's that Granville at? I said, he'd been running his head, man, how, how he think he want a gunfight. And I said, I'm here. Let's show up, man. And, and about that time, he comes running out of a door over here, man. And, and boy, we had a gunfight. And we got half of them. Like, I said, y'all don't think I'll squirt you? And, and, and they all ducking and some of them going, the women, you better not. You know what I mean? And, and so, but I said, we're going to have fun at the boys' home. And I mean, so many people showed up over at the boys' home. But in order for that to work, guess what? We had come out of our comfort zone. Sunday, that's when Dallas is playing and, and all the football teams are on. And Come on. You talk, we, we go to church Sunday morning. You want us to go hang out all day with a bunch of kids Sunday afternoon? But my church is such an awesome church. And boy, they showed up. And you know those kids that never smile? Big old grins. Big old smiles. Man, they had their bellies full and they had the, the super soakers. And, and what was bad is they liked to, it was them kind that you stick down in the water and you pull pull all the water into the chamber, and boy, you just blast with it, man. And one of them kids hit me in the eyeball, my eyeball about come out of the socket, man. I mean, and we had a ball. Candy thought she was going to get out of it. And about 10 minutes before we were done, the boys come up to me and said, Candy don't have a drop of water on her. I said, I know, she don't like to get wet. And they said, well, Tony, can we get her? I said, I'm not giving you permission. 
but she's right over there if you're man enough. And that was kind of like the, okay, go ahead. You know what I mean? And, and boy, they took off and Candy seen them coming and she looked at me and she said, you did that. I mean, I was in trouble no matter what. You know what I mean? And so anyway, man, they, we had a ball, but listen to me, even the little kids that never get involved. Today, they, that day, they got to be little boys. They got to enjoy life and they got to see that it's fun to have fun with Jesus. And we told them this is all about Jesus. This, this is all about living water. We're going to get wet with living water. Amen. And we had a ball, man. And next day I called, a, or a couple days later, I called Jeff and I said, Hey, Jeff, did you get in trouble? <laughs> he said, The funniest thing happened, Tony. He said, All those counselors and, and psychiatrists, they all called my office and said, We don't know what y'all done, but do more stuff like that. These kids are smiling that never smile. But you know, in order for that to happen, we had come out of our comfort zone, didn't we? God is always trying to stretch us and shape us and mold us into something that he can use. He's always trying to build our character in us where we die to self and we live for human beings. And when we do that, great Great and mighty things happen. God begins to work mightily. I want to share some scripture right here. How many of y'all know about the finding pot? Proverbs chapter 17 verse 3 says, The finding pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the heart. Isaiah 64 verse 8 through 12. Or let, let me just read verse 8 right here in, in uh, 64, 12. But that... Eight, I'm sorry, Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, thou art the father, we are the clay, thou art the potter, and we are the work of thy hand. You know, when I look at all this and I, and I think of how God is shaping us and molding us our whole life, how many of y'all know that even Billy Graham still has something he can give God? As long as he's breathing life. T.D. Jakes. All those men of God, all those big, awesome men of God that are on TV that are touching many lives. You know, there's so many people. It breaks my heart when people sit back and say, oh, them old fake people, all they're after is money. They've already got money. Amen. But look at that. Nobody wants to look at all the stuff they're doing. Nobody wants to look at all. You see, it's one thing if money comes in and we dam it up. We put a big old dam there and we don't allow anything else to flow out. But boy, I'm telling you, my board says, Tony, you're spending money faster than we get it. And I said, no, I don't, because God always gives what I've spent. He always brings it back. Always. I can never outgive my God. When I see God at work doing something very, very powerful in some kind of ministry and I want to get involved and I want to help, or God creates something inside of me that he wants me to do, do you think he's going to tell me to do something and not, not supply it? He always supplies it. He always backs it up. And you know what? Sometimes, man, I'm not there. I'm just not ready and... You know what God's always doing? He's always building character in us. He's always trying to show us a better way. He's always trying to get us to see the weakness inside of us so he can can grow more inside of us. Character is something, man, that God is always trying to teach us. The character of God, that's what I want. You've got, you guys have heard me do the image of God, and I talk about that silver. Two ladies went to a refinery, silver refinery, and they said, who is your best guy here at this? They said, oh, that's easy. That's old Bill, man. He's over there working. I said, well, can we talk to him? I said, yeah, go over there talk to him. So the ladies go over to him and say, hey, we want to know how you purify the silver from start to finish. So the guy says, well, that's easy. Follow me. And they go over to the fiery pot. And he puts just this old stuff in, this raw material. And he, and he turns the heat up. 
And pretty soon, all this old gross stuff comes to the top. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? God turns the heat up on us, wanting us to do more. And sometimes we rebel. Sometimes it's our flesh. We don't want to do more. We want to shut down. But when God turns that heat up and all that crud comes to the top, you know what? You know what character is? Character is when we sweep that old crud off. And we go through the process again. We think we're refined, but we're not. And God puts us back in the heat again. Maybe a different circumstance. And he turns the heat up again. You know what, man? You thought you were pure, and pretty soon all that old crud comes to the top again. And the ladies sit there and watch this go over time and time again, and they got to thinking. They said, well, that go? How do you know when that thing is pure, when that silver is, is done, it's pure? They said, well, you know, it's never really all the way pure. But when we know it's finished, when it can do a good work for what it was created for, well, that's when I pull it off, when I can see my image in it, when God can see his image in us. That's when he begins to work. That's when he begins to use us in a powerful, powerful way. Let me read some things about character that I pulled up this morning. One, it says, like respect, character is not something you ask for. It's something you earn. Like strength, character is not something you're granted. It's something that's developed. I like this one right here. The size of a man is determined by the depth of his conviction, the height of his ambition, the breadth of his mercy, and the reach of his love. Isn't that awesome? That just means so much to me. You know, in the Bible, the Bible says that the greatest thing that we can do is love. Man, we can shout from the hilltops and mountaintops. We can build mighty mansions and buildings and do all these things all over the world. But man, if you don't have love, you're a clinging bell. And you know what makes a church want to do more or a man want to do more and more and more? It's love. It's love. It's not ambition. It's not about how many churches we can build or how big of a church we can build or or, man, for people to see us. Character is what you do in the dark when nobody sees. Character is doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Amen. Character is the one, is the, it, when you see guy, a guy of big character, he's the one that, doesn't, that will treat people the same no matter what they can do for him or to him. Isn't that awesome? That's character, and that's what God wants us to have. He wants to build us and shape us and mold us. We're on that old potter's wheel, man, and we're, he's, he's, he's doing this work in us and building us into a vessel because there's places that I can't go that you'll be able to go. You truck drivers out there that are listening or maybe at home or somebody that's putting this old CD into a car or, or maybe even at home somewhere, and you're listening to this, and I want to tell you, man, it's all about what we can do to win people for the Lord and, and see them come out of a horrible lifestyle, a broken life. When I see people broken, it hurts my heart. I want to help them. I want to see them get better. When I go into the prisons and I see the negative people in there and the things that are taking place in their life, and, the, and listen to me, there's a lot of people in prison that, that need God that ain't doing time. There's a lot of staff in there that really, really uh, have had a hard life, and they're full of hate, and they're full of anger. And you know what? Sometimes it's hard to love them. But you know what character does? Character doesn't look at the fault. It looks at the person and tries to see how we can get that person to a better place in life.
No matter who they are. No matter what they've done. That's character. I hear people say, well, you know, Tony, I can love this guy, but boy, I can never love a guy who's molested a child. God does. You really want to be Christ-like? And don't get me wrong, I don't like them telling me what they're in prison for. But I have learned to love the sinner and hate the sin. I hate that sin. There's so many sins that we label. You know what? God doesn't. He said, if you're guilty of one of them, (laughs) you're guilty of all of them. You know what, man? It's hard. It's hard to walk through this life and make up your mind in your heart and in your soul that you're going to love people no matter what. Because some people, and I'm just going to say this, some people are just flat out unlovable. You see them coming and you won't turn around and go the other way. I get so sick sometimes, I'll minister to people, they'll call me on the phone and they want to talk about how big their problem is. And I understand they got a big problem, don't get me wrong. And my heart breaks for them and I want to, and I want to give them an answer, but they don't want to answer. They just want you to see how big their problem is. And no matter what you do, they keep magnifying this great big problem. And I get tired sometimes and I tell them, look, all I, want, all I hear from you is how big your problem is. And I'm trying to tell you, you've got a God way bigger than your problem. Start looking at how big your God is and that problem will somehow see a little bit smaller. You see, we've been so affected by what we have went through that it controls our life and we begin to forget we've got a solution. We've got an answer. And it's Jesus Christ. And when we let him reign, and we let him, you know, it's sad to me because I'll, I'll tell him over and over. I'll say, yeah, well, let me tell you, let me give you some scripture. These are promises of God. Oh, oh brother, one of them actually told me one time, brother, scripture and prayer ain't going to help me. And I said, well, then I, I can't do anything for you. You've tied my hands because that's the only thing that can help you. And that's the only answer that I have. You know, whenever I get to thinking about that old potter wheel, I get to thinking about down there and there's a place in in Eureka Springs, Arkansas called uh, the Passion Play and they there's a big old area that you can go to, man. Uh, it's like little Jerusalem. You drive through just like in the old days, you know. Uh, and, and then there's a guy over there that he, he's a potter. And he looks just like Jesus. He's got a long beard and, and long hair. And he plays Jesus in the play of the Passion play. And he begins to take this old lump of clay and he puts it on there. And he shows on purpose how this clay can get it lopsided and out of balance. It can fly off the wheel. And he talks about, but clay that is, the kind of clay that we want is the kind of clay that's palatable. The kind of clay that we can shape and mold and it doesn't fight back. And it stays dead center and it doesn't look to the right or to the left. Then the master can form that into a vessel that he can pour living water out of. That's what I want to be. I want to be that vessel. Many of you going down the road and you're listening to this, some of you hadn't even made a decision. I've had guys call me and tell me, man, that they drove miles and miles listening to CDs. And they say, Tony, something's happening. And I say, well, have you made a decision? Yeah, I'm going to listen to more of them. (laughs) I say, well, that's not what I mean. What do you think is going on when you're listening to CDs and God's beginning to soften your heart and you're beginning to look at your life and see the correction that you need to make? 
See the impurities that you need to push out of your life. There's too many people saying that we can live any way we want and get to heaven. I I love some of my brothers, man, but I want to tell you something right now. God wants us to be accountable. He loves to look at us and see righteousness coming out of us. And maybe you can live like the devil and get heaven. I don't know. I'm not God. But I'm not ever going to stand up here and tell you that, ever. My Bible says to finish the fight, to finish the race, and, and to be a good soldier. And so I always want to be palatable. I always want God to be able to change me and shape me and mold me. And, and if you're driving down that road and you're listening to CDs and God's beginning to show you your life and what's out of control, what's kind of falling off the wheel, kind of showing you the muck that's coming to the top that he's wanting you to shove off the side. And maybe it's time for you to make a decision. Man, God, I can, I can push this junk off, but it'll just come back if I don't have you. And God, you can mold me, but without your hands on me all the time, I'll get out of balance. And I'll get off the fly, off the wheel. So right now, God, I'm just going to turn my life over to you. You refine me. You show me what's there that needs to be moved out. You shape me and mold me into the vessel that you can use perfectly. And God, I'll give you all the praise and honor and glory for that. And if that's you, just say this little prayer with me. Maybe you're a church member and you're saved and you're, you're just in a comfort zone and you know God's got stuff for you to be doing and he's whispered some things on your heart that he wants you to do. And you're afraid to go to your church and tell them or you're afraid to get it started. And I want to tell you right now, man, don't be afraid. Be bold. And we're going to say this prayer together. First for salvation. Just repeat this prayer after me, Father. Here I am, a sinner. Come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. Father, from this day forward, I will serve you. Lord, I repent. Shape me. Mold me into your vessel. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray, Father, for all those that, Lord, that you've been speaking to and they have not moved. I pray, God, that they would get back on the potter's wheel. They'd get back in the furnace and they'd just begin to listen to you, God, and you'd just shape them and mold them and you'd remove all the impurities. God, you'd be there all in all. And we'll give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, Jesus. Yes, it's really me. After all the wrong I've done, Lord. I guess you're surprised to see me here at your altar like a beggar on bended knees who's come here to beg you, oh Lord. Please, please forgive me I can't make it without you, Jesus Yes, I finally see So let me surrender My life to you And Jesus, Jesus, please forgive me I've learned the truth about Satan's so-called good life. Oh, it was just a candle. It was just a candle. Too short to burn through the night. 
Jesus And I come to you and plead Oh, light my life Oh, light my life And Jesus, please forgive me Oh, please forgive me I can't make it without you, Jesus Yes, I finally see So let me confess my sins And you can give me eternal life And Jesus, please, please We all go through stuff, and the way we get through it, the way I get through it, is I call out to the Lord, and I ask Him for His mercy and for His grace, but to do that, I feel that we need to be right with the Lord, that we need to be serving Him, and we can't pay Him back for anything He's done for us, but if we ask Him into our heart, into our soul, that's, that's what He wants. He wants a relationship with you, driver. So, drivers, if you prayed that simple prayer and asked Jesus into your life, give us a call here at Channel 21 Ministries at 615-663-3199 or give Gary Rayburn a call. My phone number is 618-383-2107. Or you can call Chaplain Dennis McKay. 662-889-2829. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to send you free CDs to help you out there on that old lonesome road. Mile after mile, day after day, it's a long, hard ride down a lonesome highway. Like a sad old song Windshield whoppers singing along Take me home Back where I belong Kinda lonely in this cab alone Just me and Jesus down the lonesome road Music playing on the radio Merle Haggard singing me back home
recorded for Gary and did an awesome job. And uh, that's the first song that we've done on, it is. on uh, Lonesome Road Volume, Volume 1. one. That was the very first one. Yeah. Here is Dennis McKay singing At the Foot of the Tree. At the crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past and I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past but I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus Foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree to hear from you my phone number is 618-383-2107 or you can call chaplain dennis mckay 662-889-2829 or you can give chaplain daryl spicer a call 
615-663-3199. And we're looking forward to riding along with you next week, right here in the cab. That's right. I'll be right here with Gary and with Daryl shifting gears and drinking coffee. That's it. Yeah. We'll talk at you later. There you go. Tempo, keeping perfect rhythm with the song on a radio.